Welcome to Swish and Flick, The Felix Files. The Felix Files. The Felix Files. The Felix Files. Well, how do you feel? Excellent. Really excellent. Hello and welcome to The Felix Files. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. Bonjour, je m'appelle Madame Maxine. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lie. Oh, goodness. So we are joined today by a very special patron for the second time. This is Tam Tam. Welcome, Tam. Welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. Oh, thank you so much for joining us and, you know, putting up with us. So <laughs> it's appreciated. Literally for 30 minutes, you've had to listen to us ramble about nothing. Literally nothing. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like 30 minutes yeah. of outtakes. So. That's what you get if you become a Phoenix to Phoenix Plus patron. If you get on an episode, you get to listen to us be us unedited for 30-ish minutes before we actually get started on our podcast. Because <laughs> that yeah. is how long scary. it takes us. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. And before we get to know her again, we are going to dive into a character from the Tri-Wizard series. So we've finished... Reviewing the champions. Minus Harry. Thank you. Jinx, I mean, you not that he doesn't a count. girl. But he doesn't count. Like, obviously, we're not going to do Harry right, right now. We've got a lot more to learn about him. You Correct. know, he's only a 14-year-old kid that's, like, stuck in, you know, some godforsaken land. Oh, Voldemort's back. That's what happened. Yep. Back again. Should what? Harry be, like, the last character profile we do, period, ever? Yeah, mm. sure. I mean, there are some characters that shouldn't be done until seven. I mean, I've been getting a, this a lot on Twitter lately. I think so, that maybe once we're done with all seven books, we'll do Harry. Not necessarily completely done, because who knows? If we continue to do very, um, character profiles on Phoenix. Nope, they're not Phoenix. Fantastic Beast characters. True. Because like, that would be dumb to like do Harry after all of that. You Cursed know? Child characters. That's fine. We could do Cursed Child and then do Harry. How does that... I just feel like our major players aren't going to be done until seven when we're reading seven. I mean, I think that we've already done. I mean, and we're going to re. I feel like we should revisit our other like Snape. We could revisit. Snape like, he's a major revisited player. 100%. I never want to talk about him again. That's okay. Great. Then you don't need to be here. Bye. All right. So have you changed your position again? <laughs> I'm sure she has. I love him. I hate him. I don't know. I'm indifferent. She needs to get a daisy and pluck. I love him. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. It isn't love. It isn't I hate. I love Ross. I hate Ross. I love Ross. I hate Ross. Sorry. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that is like the perfect description of Snape. Right, Taylor Dylan. Swift. No, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift said, and I forgot that you existed. It isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. That's why like, I said it. Yeah. Thank you. But Well, bam. You didn't say it. Katie did. No, I said it. Katie just put it into words that you would understand because you only understand Taylor Swift lyrics. I know my girl. (laughs) That's all I've listened to. Should we say who this uh, character profile is about? Because we haven't said said that. So. Do it in uh, French. Bonjour. Bonjour. Je m'appelle. Je m'appelle. Madame Madame Maxime. That's who we're talking about. <laughs> the headmistress of Bobatons or Bobatons, whatever you want. Academy. Academy. So I think it's Bukes Batons. <sighs> I agree. I'm really glad we're I think it's doing Bo this on Tang's a Felix file and not a regular episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tam. 
Yeah. Can we get to know you again? <laughs> sure. Tell us about um, you. It's all I about you. am Tam Tam or Tim Tam or whatever you want to call me as long as it's polite. Um, <laughs> Hello. <and laughs> I'm obviously from the accent, from Australia. Um, I got into Harry Potter probably when I was about, about 13, 14. Um, my auntie actually got me into reading the book. She bought them for my birthday. They kind of collected dust a little bit on the shelves because I was adamant not to read a children's book because mm-hmm. I was too cool for school at 13. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I relented and never looked back. I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I had three books to read, and by that time, the fourth one was in the bookstore. And then after that, I had to do that waiting and got to witness and experience that and watching the movies as they came out. So I kind of grew up in a good era, I feel, of Harry Potter, that first love for it. I am a Ravenclaw. Best house. (laughs) (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) It's okay. We can be loud and proud about our being in Ravenclaw because it's the best house. We need to be because we're underrepresented yeah. and they get our stuff wrong. So yeah. I hear you. Like we'll like we'll shout it loud and proud. Fly like an eagle. <laughs> um, my wand is Laura Wood unicorn hair. It's 10 quarters, three. Oh, I always get this wrong. It's 10 and, and three, three quarters. quarters inches. Okay. <laughs> Rigidly, rigidly, that's not a word. It, well, it is a word, but rigid flexibility. <laughs> You're fine. This is all fine. It wouldn't be swish and flick if people didn't stumble over I what they were like trying to say. Like, it's, a fine. It's, it's fine. fine. it's fine. I didn't mean to sound like it's that like, if I said that. Like that. I feel um, <clears throat> when Sarah says... I don't know words. I understand that so much. Your brain is going so fast that it doesn't come out the way you want it. Yep. So. Agreed. um, It's a curse and it's hilarious for others. So. (laughs) (laughs) And my Patronus is an OC cat and I'm not really happy about it. I like the fact that it's a cat. It's energetic, and I'm not energetic. <laughs> your personality but your, seems but energetic. But your protector needs to be energetic. Good point. Okay, so what well, about me having a vol? What does that say about me? They're energetic. They're just small. They're rats. <laughs> rats Technically, they're voles. Actually, yeah, they're voles, and they dig in the ground. Yeah, I don't like to get my fingers dirty. That's why they do it for you, Sarah. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness what gracious. Being accosted by my cat. <laughs> it's fine. I, all I see is like a little squirrel tail going through. <laughs> it's not a squirrel tail. It's a cat tail. You know what I mean. It looks like a squirrel tail. I think it looks like a cat tail. Well, oh my gosh. Wrong. I don't know if you all know right. what cats are. Do we want to talk about the early life and hobbies of myself? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Madam. Wait. All right. Is it a limp? A limpy? How do you say it's her first limp. name? A limp. That is for what does Jim Dale say? What does Jim Dale say? I think Olymp. Okay. I was just curious. I always said Olymp, but... So her name is Olymp Maxime. Um, She was born to one magical parent and one giant, which does make her a half-giantess. Question. Mm -hmm. 
already? Because I don't remember this. So giants have zero magic at all. Because I remember Haggard... Well, I'll talk about it. Because they brought the giants, like, magic. Because he talks about how giants, like, don't like magic. They're afraid of it because the wizards use it against them to, like, kind of, like, get them out. So it just is interesting to me that they have, like, no kind of magic at all. I think that they do... They they don't but necessarily like, cast magic, but like they are magical beings. So like they have this protect protection, you know, like it's skin. harder to penetrate yeah. them with spells. She said <laughs> nothing. I saw the look on her face. So I wasn't even she said anything. anything. And you made it worse. <laughs> Good thing somebody hears editing. Someone put a note in the deck. I'll put another note. All right. Megan makes a crude comment. Yeah, Megan. <laughs> that was all on you. That Sarah seriously made a face. I did, but I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I wasn't going to say anything. And it was all in my head. <laughs> as soon as I said it, though, I was just like, God damn it. Penetrate. Don't look at Sarah. the word penetrate. I know. Let me change it. <laughs> Their skin's too tough for spells. Okay, that's good. Penetrate, 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 penetrate. Go. Yeah, it is. Lily. Well, I <laughs> I did that the other day to her. Okay. Oh, well, I. Story for another day. Well, I. Well, I. Cam, have you watched Puffs yet? I haven't. It sounds hilarious. <laughs> I like the best endorsement I can give is I'm like Tiffany doesn't like anything that's Potter that's not officially Potter. Realistically, you're wrong. She, you're not wrong. She enjoyed the entire thing. I was like, really, yeah, you're gonna really like good. it? And she's like, I did like it's it like, way it's better. Like, it's just funny because it's like jokes like we make. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they say that Snape <laughs> teaches <laughs> sex ed. <laughs> <laughs> so he has like a donut in his wand and he like books But he doesn't like he, real he doesn't, slow. Like, he doesn't really do it though. So he gets yeah, right he, he like, gets, gets right where it's about to happen and then he goes well, like, I- and like the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, oh okay. like banging donuts. Okay. Right. <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> yep. So, like, they don't have magic to, like, cast spells or anything, but, like, they are magical beings. So, like, spells can't, like, their skin is too tough to, like, get hit by spells. Like, like Hagrid, dragons? it takes, yeah, like, dragons. So, like, it takes a lot more for Hagrid to get hit with stupefy or something. It takes, like, multiple people doing it at the same time for it to even affect him. So, like, I feel like that is magical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, are they, like... More. Is it canon that they have no magic, or is it that they're just not bright enough? They don't. They yeah, can't no, it is use it. So when Hagrid and um, Maxime take magic to them, Hagrid talks about how they don't like magic and they're afraid of it. So it saying, makes like, they're me just not think- smart. I don't want to say smart. They're just they don't have the capabilities the of understanding it. Um, and like learning it and being learning able to how to use, use it. Like, what if they yeah. could possibly? They just don't because it makes and can't. Yeah. Well, kind of like, I'm assuming the same as for like trolls. I don't think yeah. they have a like magic, but they're a magical being. But like, yeah. you know you how know? like, okay. you know, how selves can and yeah. just apparate. Like, I wonder like if they have something that we just don't, maybe we just don't have intelligence. Yeah. I think well, honestly, a lot of it has too, to do with intelligence. And like, I'm not saying that in a mean way about giants or anything, but like genuinely they're surrounded by each other and 
and whenever they're like it's in just their like magical groups. beings and stuff mm-hmm. they're just yeah. not you know they're like i an, mean it's like it's an honestly it's compared to a dog or something yeah. you know what right. i mean yeah it's okay. just their skill level like their skill sets okay yeah. yes i feel that Tam. i th- i always assumed the reason why hagrid and maxime could do magic is because they're half giant and potentially the other side yeah. of them was a wizard or a witch. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make sense for Hagrid though, right? Which, yeah, no, which I don't do get mean? the logistics when it oh, comes to no. the actual his dad procreating a bit. Right. Say, say oh, that, his dad's Sam? a muggle. Oh, his yeah, dad Hagrid's is a muggle. dad was a muggle. So maybe they do have magic or it's like underlying. Again, or maybe they're just not intelligent enough to but figure honestly, it out. But honestly, I wonder if... True. Well, like, think I just Grump. wonder, like, how was the first wizard born you know what like like i feel like it's a set like a, a gene twist you know mm. what i mean like an x-men yeah That's how I you know what it. i think yeah. you know but it's just more common than the small group of x-men you know what i mean dear joe but yeah i mean there has yeah. to be they have to it's have just, magic in them yes what if it's like dormant magic That's what I'm saying. Mm. Like, and they just yeah. don't know how to hone it and yeah. tap into it yeah mm. that like, makes sense like um, okay I kind of see it like almost like an aura kind of thing where like, an, not an aura, aura, an aura, aura. Um, it. where it's stronger and obviously they can and have been able to figure out how to use it. Where like you see um, in specifically we're, we're seeing like wizards from the United Kingdom um, and they all use wands and the wands kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they bring all the magic and like it comes out of the wand, but there's wizards in Uganda that they don't even use wands. Like they just use it's wandless magic. So maybe they just don't know how to tap into it and they haven't figured it out where all of these other wizards have, but giants just, um, it's beyond maybe not all, but maybe most of their like Comprehension. comprehension and like their, their physically like brain waves aren't able to figure out how to hone in on that aura. It could also potentially have to do with language because, mm-hmm. like, giants don't speak. Like, they can't speak a spell. They have their own language that's, isn't it? Like, well, that's trolls is, like, grunting. But, like, giants, do they actually communicate normally? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it but sounds like they... grunting, but it is a language. No, I know. But, like, could, because, you know, if you think about it, like, Akio. Eng- like people who speak English say Akio, but so can people who speak French and German and any other language. They can still say yeah, Akio no, as I'm, a spell, you know? I'm, but I, if you think about it, though, it would be like if this was, if say like this is real time life, there were wizards, witches, all this stuff, this was not J.K. Rowling's world. It would be naive to think that like us in the United States would say Akio and so would people in like Japan. You know what I mean? Like it, it's... I mean, I guess it's all like a Latin language with like more people maybe, but like I would think that there would be spells to do like similar things in different languages with different wording because Probably. they speak a different language. That's I guess just, I just assumed because like the spells aren't really, a, they're not like specific to a language. I wouldn't think it's just a spell. You know what I mean? I guess that's how I was, that's how I w- always thought about spells. Like mm-hmm. Akio is just Akio and it doesn't matter what language you speak because that's just what you say you know yeah i mean i get it like i I don't know but i mean i'm sure yeah i'm I'm sure there's variations i'm gonna be a total puff libra and say i see both sides i mean but realistically like we can't (laughs) and at the end of the day like this is jk rowling rowling's world 
So, like, if she said the spell is Akio, she's probably going to say they all say Akio. Just but most word, of her words and most of Jim her Dale spells and all these things are from, they have Latin-based roots, and that's almost like kind of like a, a lot of people use those languages. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, scientific terms and, like, things like that have roots in Latin. So it would make sense now that I'm, like, thinking it through that. Totally but going maybe off like tangent. Japanese and Sorry, Chinese and like those languages that don't necessarily utilize the Latin language as the root. It is a different word or something. It was just a thought that came to my head, you know, that it, I, I would think that, you know, we wouldn't all say like Lumos to get light, you know. Guess what? Um, this is probably what we're going to be talking about in Boston at LeakyCon. What I mean, the language of J.K. Rowling, like always. Mm-hmm. I said, are we for sure? Well, who knows where we're gonna go with it? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we'll be talking. We'll be talking some words. <laughs> um, but wow. back to Madame Maxime. Um, she so she keeps it hidden that she's half giantess because she fears prejudice, um, which we find out in Gobble to Fire is for good reason because it's revealed that. Hagrid is and like they basically try to just get rid of his character not get rid of his character <laughs> <laughs> they're getting rid of Hagrid what I am won't I trying to it. say exploit his exploit no him? not exploit it just, oh like get him they're at, trying like, to fire him gone, yeah as a teacher sack him no like, yeah like trying to hurt his image his slander. credibility slander yeah yeah, yeah his credibility oh, yeah, whatever yeah yeah, yeah. I just want to say, though, that it's not necessarily like, for a good reason. I get why she would be scared, but you should never well, be ashamed yes. of who you are. Preach. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, of course I meant that. Agreed. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, she has valid reasons for being scared. Sadly. Sadly. She's just a strong, like independent woman. You do you, boo. <laughs> just like back in high school, I had strong reasons for being scared to come out that I was gay. Wait, what? You're gay? Yeah. <gasps> Surprise! I, had no idea. I am. Mm-hmm. This is brand new information. <laughs> I know. I'm married to a woman. It's really weird. So... <laughs> How does your just... wife feel about being <laughs> really weird that you're married to her? It's not weird. But like, if you think about it, you know, like society changes and everything. And at that moment in their society, she was scared because there was prejudice against her so um we also assume that she was educated at Bobaton um because she is the headmistress there but we do not know when she became headmistress so speculation um some of her hobbies are so I guess this is kind of like her skills and her hobbies but on the lexicon or wiki, I can't remember which one. I was looking at both of them. But it lists out um, some things that she may be good at based on what we know about her from the books. So she obviously has to have magical mastery, just like Dumbledore. Um, I'm not saying she's as good as Dumbledore, but she has to have some sort of like high level of magic because she's able to rise to the level of headmistress of a school. Um, So she must have been pretty powerful or sophisticated with her spell work. Um, Also, she's good at dueling because she does prove herself capable of being a duelist when she's with Hagrid on their mission. Hagrid claims that she performed an excellent conjunctivitis curse. Um, I'm trying, like, where, I'm, I know that spell, 
Oh, I know. That's the spell that Sirius was going to tell Harry to use against the dragon. Right. Yeah, it like makes your eye all crusty. I was yeah. going to say, I'm like, yeah, because it's pink eye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Basically, it like makes, I'm assuming that's like a deri- derivative of like congestion. Like, I think it messes with all oh, conjunctivitis. Isn't that pink eye? That just, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. It is your eye. I was like, she just said it. Yeah. Sorry. That's literally what it's called. Like, I couldn't hear you. Speak Sorry. up, Tiffany. Dung in your eye. you got Um, junk in your eye she also must be good at care of magical creatures because she does care for her abraxans which are her big winged horses that pull the carriage and she also breeds them Uh, and also like I said a little bit ago about her being half giant she has spell resistance so because of her half giantness she's resistant to many spells just like Hagrid Uh, she's also at least somewhat skilled in nonverbal magic because she is able to conjure a ribbon without uttering an incantation. And though that sounds super simple, doing any nonverbal magic is considered a high level of difficulty. So that's cool. They're learning it in sixth year during yeah. my reread of six right now. And like they are lying the and whis- whispering. <laughs> <laughs> she gets the point across that like it really is really difficult. Like not many people can... It makes sense to get it down to learn it though because like you don't want people knowing what you're doing especially if you're like if you're you know what fighting. I mean fighting right if you're what dueling you're, yeah you'll or give them a, a heads up of what's coming at them if you're like working in the ministry and you don't need people like you know what I mean like right. Arthur <laughs> Weasley like when he does stuff especially when he gets his new job um with like arresting people for having like basically like anti dark magic artifacts that are just like placebo garbage mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> didn't Why mean you to insult sorry? you garbage, garbage. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> you didn't insult me i cannot be insulted but you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it just would do better to not have people know uh what you're up to yeah or if you're in the or presence of a muggle sure. especially True. realistically learning Keep in times of secrecy. trouble make a uh, double mother mary comes to me <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> um it, like warish times, it's good. Like you right. said, dueling just to, you know, keep you. Yeah, don't be like Harry. Pass. Yeah, Expelliarmus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, really. That's <laughs> all the that kid must knows, be right? Harry. That's <laughs> Harry tool in Voldemort. Oh again. Oh my. I goodness. bet you he'll use that E spell. Oh an E. Oh an E. So I thought I'd wrap my section up with uh, some <laughs> etymology of her name. Isn't it etymology? It's etymology. Yes, but I was saying E because oh, like, you guys were saying E. Guys, I'm sorry. On. Get on the train. Listen. I'm not an idiot. I know how to pronounce words. Mm. Mm. I do better than you. That's true. Which you are you talking about? <sighs> you. <laughs> e. No. You. A E I O U. Um, so Olymp is French for Mount Olympus, the mm. home of the Greek gods and Titans. Mm. And then Maxime is Latin. It's a derivative of Latin maxima, meaning greatest or largest, which oh. is appropriate for a woman who is half giant. I like it a lot. Yep. 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 I like it. Katie, talk yes, once ma'am. to me. Talk, All right. Talk to me so once again, uh, she proved to be a little bit difficult. There are a lot of choices. I think there's four. That's a lot. No, maybe there's more. Whoa, I don't know why I did all those. Okay. Well, she was really... (laughs) I just wanted to touch my computer screen because I'm so used to using my iPad. It's not moving. (laughs) Now it's smudged. 
Eh, it's all right. It's smudged anyways. So, yeah, I found it, again, because we don't really know a whole lot about her. We don't really get to see, like, her true personality really too much. So it's it was kind of hard to, you know, be like, yes, this is absolutely her. So I kind of just found different ones that maybe a part of her personality I felt would kind of go along with it. But whatever. Um, so the first one is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Acacia? Is that how you would say that? I think um, Acacia. Yeah, so this is from, this is what Ollivander says. It's yeah. a very unusual mm-hmm. wandwood uh, that he has found creates tricky wands that often produce, refuse to produce magic for any but their owner and also withhold their best effects from all those, all but those most gifted. The sensitivity renders them difficult to place and I keep only a small stock of them. Um, it's not suited for what is suited for what is commonly known as, bang, as bangs and smells magic. So I don't see her being like, I see her being, like, elegant, not show-off-y with her magic. Yeah. Yes. To add to that, when I was doing, like, my research just about her early life, it said that the reason why she tried to dress so elegantly all the time was to hide her her giantness. So she, like, wore silk and jewelry and pearls and, like, very elegant things because she was trying to counter the fact that she was half-giant. Yeah, because... Do you want me to figure out how to pronounce this? Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. It's loading. Okay. <laughs> the wand would. Acacia. Acacia. I said it right. Acacia. Acacia. Um, Acacia. Yeah, I actually like that a lot, Mac, because, you know, the stigma that's attached to giants within the wizarding world is, like, savage. Right. And she wanted to be the opposite. Also, yeah. and I don't agree with any sort of gender norms or anything, maybe she was trying to look more feminine mm. because she was larger. You know, mm-hmm. she's like be. more the size of like a Hagrid, but yeah. she, yeah, I don't know. Which because you cares, know, but in general society, women are supposed to be exactly, dainty, yeah, right? Well, Not that's true. true too about you know, um, like even plus size women. I at, yeah. at least in my experience, like I try to. Um, not all the time. I genuinely like putting like makeup on and like doing my hair. A lot of times for me, it's like an anxiety thing that like it helps me like if I'm just having an anxious day just because it's like a routine. Right. And there's nowadays there's somebody say, well, I don't care. I'll go out with no makeup on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, at least from society's point of view, like more so like year, a couple of years ago, like I would be like, I have to make sure that I look good because I know that like I have that counting against me. You know what I mean? So I know mm-hmm. that people in the real world think that like, oh, because I'm bigger than the you know normal average girl that you see everywhere or woman Mm -hmm. i should say or i'm taller or i'm this like i have to make myself look more feminine so people will know i mean do you feel that way no not now did you used to oh yeah for sure i'm sorry i can can appreciate that too you too tam yep but like even I'm, I'm not even like the tallest person. Like, but there are times I'm where like sorry. even now I won't wear like super tall. First of all, I can't really walk in super tall shoes. But like if I know that I'm going to be out with people, most of the people around me are shorter than me anyway. So like I won't wear huge shoes because I will feel like a giant. I'm literally not lying to you. I am trying not to cry because I feel really bad. Why? Because I mean, you it felt is that it is. way. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I, I get it. here's the thing. I think everybody has like issues where they don't always love themselves. It's getting better. And at the same time, my feet thank me when I don't wear heels. <laughs> I'm fine. I mean, honestly, like I would say in the last like maybe two years to three years, like I go to work without makeup on. Cause I literally like, if I can sleep more, thank you. I don't want to be up at five o'clock in the morning doing my hair and makeup for work where I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure that there's tons of people out there that have thought like that. Well, felt I like hope, that, you know. 
everybody stops feeling like that. I don't know why. I'm like, well, I do know why. I'm like this right now, but I think it gets easier as you get older yeah. to be I more would comfortable agree with in the skin. Yeah. I enjoy my thirties a lot more than my twenties, and I think for me personally, it's um, it's just society's ideals and what's kind of just thrusted upon you to to believe what the ideal is mm-hmm, yeah. um and i think anyone in any size form probably gets that as well so yeah, even if you were um like i've got short friends who want to be taller so they always have to wear heels and they have that expectation so i think it's, it's something yeah you think every, well, everybody has a something and even like there's I, women yeah. um yeah. that i've heard from that like don't like they're just like smaller in general like including like their chest and they're like people are like you're not a real woman because you don't have breasts like if that's yeah. just how you were born and like that's your body frame it is what it is like you're, that doesn't make you any less of a like female if that's what you truly feel like right. just like if you were born a boy and you feel like you're actually a female then you are fe- like it doesn't matter what you look like what you dress like what you you know what i mean it's long as how you feel um and you do you you know what i mean yeah i uh I don't know if I ever told you this actually. I so I haven't been wearing glasses for very long because I didn't. I don't know. I didn't need them till probably my mid twenties, early twenties. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I didn't really need them except for at night. But I started wearing them more because I felt like it made me look more feminine and that made me have less awkward situations with people. Now I don't care, but I think I screwed up my eyesight because of that. Because now I need them all the time. You know what I Kate. mean? Isn't that crazy? Like now I don't care because yeah. well, that's who I, mean, I am. And and honestly, like it's <sighs> it's ridiculous with with katie be- it's because out of control because i don't get it like i don't get how people think that you're a guy. you are like obviously i will say i will say <laughs> when i was in me. high school and i had short hair as well i have size d boobs okay <laughs> d and people would call me him and excuse me sir because i had short hair and it it's didn't matter if i had a dress on nothing it didn't matter they turned to me and they saw short hair and they said sir and it was like do i i mean girls can have short hair yeah hello and like you know i know that like we can cut this out if you want to pause but I know that Katie struggles with like gender things and like where she fits in the best and what she you don't have to cut that likes, out. you know, like what she feels best in or like how she wants to be presented or whatever. And it, you, I think it used to bother you a lot more that people would call you a boy or like him or sir. But now it's kind of like a joke where she would be like, just got sirred. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Like, you know, example, like she was in the bathroom one time and this little kid came up and it's just, oh it's a God. little kid. So it's like, whatever. No, but this was awesome. they came up to her and were like, um, the boys bathroom is over there. <laughs> <laughs> so matter of fact, I was like, thank you. But like, like when grown people do it, I just want to be like. Really? Is it literally just because she has short hair? I think it might be a lot of the times. Is it usually, is, do you find, like, older people? people a from mix. Mi- a mix? Yeah. A lot of the times it'll just be funny looks. Like, if, mm. if she goes into the girl's bathroom, like, she'll get a look. I'll see double takes, like, in the And mirror, then sometimes you know? I wonder if it's people being prejudiced about no, potential I, transgenderness. Right. Oh, yeah. I worry sometimes about Sometimes I often wonder, though, like, I think, here's me being me. I want to say a lot of it's, like, completely innocent. You know what I mean? It's just people's Some natural so. reaction yeah. to maybe do that. Yeah, for sure. 
but I think sometimes it's, it's, it is. It innocent. still sucks. But then, like some people who are like, that's generally like my stop. experience is honestly just innocence. I don't ever feel like anyone's been. That's good. And then it's so rude. awkward when they correct themselves. Yeah, it's like, honestly, just move on, like it's part fine. of me just wants to be like, just don't even. Just the next time you look at her, say she or it's like fine. ma'am or something, you know, like don't make a yeah. big deal of it. Cause or like, even hey. Well, look, like, I wonder now <laughs> people using different like pronouns if they'll, yeah. like, people will be more um, they, aware yeah. though to like before they say that to, to just say they or them or like even like ask. be safe and just say they or yeah, yeah or just ask yeah or you know what's always a good option hey friend yeah. Hey, yeah, that's my. Favorite. I did get chief one time. She oh did get chief. <laughs> <laughs> that was like an old guy, right? Yeah. Hey, slugger. <laughs> was that at Mark's at no, our old like store UPS. or our old job? Oh, UPS store. Yeah. Goodness. Wow, yeah, Madam Maxine, look what you've done it's to crazy us. Crazy to think about that. I will say though, just love yourself um, because mm-hmm. you know before anyone else says you got to love yourself. And honestly, no matter what size, shape gender anything and honestly like we've all gone through well i mean i guess i don't want to like speak for all of us but like we've all gone through moments where we are unhappy with like what we see in the mirror or oh you're not wrong you know every like it's like it's the most seemingly beautiful person that you could ever even dream up goes through things right yeah Mm -hmm. everyone you know because realistically they'll even tell themselves like think models all of them um, be like, that's not what I look like on the like on a cover of a magazine. They're like, I look nothing like that in real life, you know, because they yeah. edit everything out. Um, but you have to love yourself I, and just remember, yeah. like, even like if I hated myself now and I dropped however much weight, I would still not like myself just you, because yes. it's not a weight issue. You know what I mean? I agree. Okay, uh, I find, go ahead. Yeah, I even find sometimes um, you hear some actresses or models say that um, even if you are deemed beautiful they feel like they're only loved because of the way they look so they may feel inadequate in their personality and that they're actually not treated as an intelligent person they're just idolized for their looks so it it really is like this massive massive thing yeah that it is and it's not even just restricted in the women gender yeah, i think it's a more no, i yeah. think it's just more talked about like because there's men all the time that have like eating disorders that no one talks about because it's not a manly thing to talk about right you're not manly enough. Yeah. you're not yeah you gotta have muscles you gotta have whatever just completely take the descriptor word of manly like out of please let me tell you i'll be a thousand percent on this who's the manliest one on this podcast me i got you a little bit you think so ma'am I don't know. But like, I'm sorry. How small was I today when I carried that box in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did table. carry a pretty like, heavy agreed. box in like, the house. There, there's a lot of times where they're like, oh, you're only manly if you do things. You're only a man if you do this. I, I mean, that's, that's what literally not what science says. At the end of the day, you know, you know? Like, it's well, just, that, it's how you that feel. That phrase, man up. Oh, I, I, I hate it. Quote. I hate that. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to feel emotions. Anybody, mm-hmm. regardless of what you are, who you are, what you believe in. <sighs> People are frustrated. I was a huge tomboy growing up. I still I am. I'm not. I'm not a girly girl. Like you guys, my mom had to force me to take baths. I'm not kidding you. When I was <laughs> growing <laughs> baths, I like did not want to, and I wore the same wind pants like every day. <laughs> wind pants. 
And my mom literally threw them away because I wouldn't swear anything else. She's like, my mom would always tell me to act like a lady, and I would get so mad. I am not a lady. But yeah, no, totally a tomboy. I loved. I hated being inside. I even now don't like wearing shoes. Like, oh, I hate shoes. Like, my best friend got married in downtown Cleveland this past weekend. Was walking around downtown Cleveland barefooted. How gross am I? Yeah. Well, you're garbage, though. I mean, it's true. It was with my people, with my my things, the garbage. But yeah, there was something else I wanted to add to this, and I forget what it was. Anyways, but love yourself, yes. love others, and we wish Madame Maxine would love herself a little yeah. bit. More. Yes, I think she comes too. Yeah, I think she really does. I think Hager helps with that too because he just takes that total after he has you know his pity party, which he's allowed to because that yeah. was a really crappy thing he went through. Yeah, he absolutely. pulled himself up. You know, he's like, I got friends behind me. It's all good. Got friends in low places. <laughs> and Kate, I love you. I love you too. I love all you guys. Yeah. I'm sorry I made you cry, Tiffany. Well, I mean, it's just, it just, I, I hate thinking about other people not feeling good. I'm gonna cry again. Talk about something else. <laughs> Let's talk about one Elm. Elm. <laughs> Elm. <laughs> Let's talk about Elm Street. Yeah, I heard some scary Elm. things happened on that just, street. And Tan, you're beautiful. I love you. I heard that there were some nightmares on Elm Street. Get out of town. <laughs> I heard it starts with an E. <laughs> I think they're helpless because, like, I'm over here and I can't, like, hug I you. I wish I could how hug I you. comfort people. So it's Come like, to the um, I knew what I was going to say. I was going to say this. Cuddly, Just remember yeah. that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Just because someone might not like you does not mean that no one else does. Yeah. We, I agree. And I think that's true about everything, including this podcast. We are not everyone's cup of tea. If you don't like it, move along. You let's, don't need to be here. Let's sip some also, tea Also, everyone, that. though, that will be listening to this episode likes us enough to be a patron. So we appreciate <laughs> you. We love you. Um... And you're all beautiful. True is true. You're beautiful. You're it's beautiful. It's true. He's got a new song out. Anyway, sorry. I <laughs> never would have guessed that Madame Maxime would have brought on a gender no. conversation. <laughs> you never know where good. these good nuggets come from, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's just stuff that. I mean, I will say, though, like, we're a pretty discussed. progressive group of people, you and know? And you know what? Old Tiffany back in the day, growing up in that small town. You'd have told her she'd be sitting here right now. She would have yep. said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> she'd nah. Been, no, not nah. Tiffany nowadays would have been like, mm, yeah. But back back in the day, Tiffany would be like, no. I just grew up so conservative, you guys. But I thank the Lord for the University of Toledo and getting out and learning some stuff. Learning some stuff. Learning. Seriously. I can appreciate I'm that so, very much. So. I'm so proud of I just, like, who I've become. I just can't ever view you as like a conservative person. Girl. <laughs> there are times where I get glimpses of it. Which I, I still, think. yeah, no. But, but d- it's but a process. J- just like life is a process, well, you know? conservative as in like, I'm still conservative with some things. Like, keep your clothes on when you're going outside. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that's like a good conservative. (laughs) Yeah, but as far as like humans being treated as humans, yeah, you know, I'm pretty liberal. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I feel like everybody should think that humans being treated as humans is a good thing. Sarah, you would think. Yeah, but that's yeah, not the case. It makes me want to vomit. How long is this Felix file? We've been talking for forty minutes. (laughs) Wowza! And we're just on to Katie's part. Second Wandwood. <laughs> Out of 80. Hey, I'll go quick. Talk to me. I mean, we probably so... thought the first one was going to go quick. <laughs> I'm sorry that I brought on this conversation, but honestly, I want, sorry. I want everyone to feel loved no matter, 
Like, you are enough. Just know that. Yep. You are exactly the you. Isn't there like a whole Dr. Seuss quote? Yes. So you, big, yeah. tall, small, Something. whatever. You are than you. You are truer than true. Something you're supposed to be. And we love you. I was hoping I was hoping this conversation would come out with Madame Maxine because it's I feel like that is her purpose mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Series. I agree. I agree. It's I like to it. find commentary on that. So yeah. I wanna tune in to like these types of conversations more on Felix Files. I think that it's just like a really good opportunity for us to like tell people how we feel <laughs> well i mean but like i say that yes, in a way that like no. we have these yeah. conversations like normally know. i mean so. no i know but like it's a good thing to talk about yeah, like kids absolutely. sometimes like people just need to hear these things and yeah. nobody is there to tell them so like i would love to be the person to tell them you know what i mean well sometimes yeah. you don't even think about it like again yeah. i'm having one of those moments where yeah i read about madame maxine cool like she accepted who she was, but now as an adult, it's like, oh, oh, like I get I her get purpose, the underlying I understand. Theme. Yeah, exactly. I see it, you know. But like, it's also too That's like it's nice at. to hear from us and our own experiences because it's nice to hear that there's other like that's one good thing not just a fictional character yes like it's one good thing about like the internet and like being able to talk to people from all over the place and seeing these things and like having all this social media like one aspect of it is like you hear people going through the exact same thing that you're going through and being like oh my gosh like so i'm not weird for thinking this way or i'm not you know a b and c because like i have those same thoughts or i do those same things and like there's times where like yes. i'll think like even back i mean i know i'm weird in general anyways well yeah there are times that like stuff will happen to me like oh i do that too and i get so excited that like i know there's someone else out there that does the same thing or looks similar or starting like this podcast similar. you've realized that yeah i'm weird you're a weirdo <laughs> but there's a lot of other weirdos out there so your weirdos not really weirdo you're kind of normal so yeah. i mean right. again and normal is a very relative term i mean like, so it's normal, normal for me to know? have people that um aren't straight in my life that aren't white in my life you know what i mean but that's not always the case for other people they might just have a very and that just may be you know from how they're being raised currently you know what i mean like what they're where they are in where life. At. yeah um okay. but i've always been around a lot of different people because our like our high school was pretty like any not anybody could go but it was pretty diverse like for not being, even just Catholic for being an all girls Catholic based high yeah. school it was diverse yeah I mean we had people of all religions there all colors all colors um, all religions really mm-hmm. yeah we had one girl what? that was Lutheran that she was like we're so different and I was like but are you're you? generally like not. we had um. <laughs> I think we Buddhism, had, we had Muslim. I Muslim, know a couple. This one girl because Catholic. her religion allowed like they like nose piercings, and you so weren't allowed they to have were, one. She was allowed, but she she's like I only got it because she's like the school rule said that we weren't allowed to, but they have to let me because it's part of my religion. I, I was like I want to be that kind of girl. okay. Kudos, yeah, kudos, Mags. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. As cool. long as you like were able to take like the test and get in, they mm-hmm. let anybody in. But you did <laughs> have to take theology. Yes. Oh yeah. But I mean, I just also like learning um, about other religions. That's always something I've and history, like histories of other things. So, and I was going to add too, just like about having these conversations. Like, I think that I mean, I, I guess I don't think this, but like we are. <laughs> I was going to say that like people might people might think that like we're all very similar. And, like, we are in a lot of ways, but we're also very different in a lot of ways. And I think Mm -hmm. that, like, having these types of conversations and, like, bouncing it off just even the four of us. And, like, when we have a lovely guest like Tam, like, five of us. Yeah. It 
it still causes good conversation. Yeah. Um, well, we've all because like we aren't all in Katie's shoes. We aren't all in my shoes. We aren't all in Sarah's shoes or Tiffany's shoes. You know, or like you know, yeah. we all look at life in it in our own way and have our own struggles to talk about that the others don't have. You yeah. know. So. Yeah. When you were talking about finding out that people like were like you online or had like the same thoughts and feelings and whatever. Being a first time postpartum mom and having a little bit of depression coming out because your hormones are whack. I can't even explain. Um, but like I follow an account now on Instagram and it's a girl I went to high school with and um, oddly enough reconnected like online. I don't even I don't think she listens. She's certainly not a patron. But like <laughs> I don't remember like ever talking to her. I don't even remember how I became to follow her on Instagram, but she starts she's like this postpartum warrior woman. Mm. And I really wish that I would have had her when I was like first postpartum with Alana because some of the things that I was feeling like you like I can't explain to you how you, you probably feel alone. Can f- you feel alone and you feel like you lose your identity. And yeah. I can't explain to you what it's like to feel like you don't know who you are or what your purpose is other than like keeping this baby alive. And, and then she's like posting and all these other women are like posting and she's sharing it on her stories. And I'm like, geez, I really wish I had this. Yeah. You it's know, when I was like supposed to like, you're not alone. Fresh air. Yeah. And it's like, you're, this yep. is, this is a relative normal thing to like, to like feel. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, yeah. I talked, my husband is the most understanding man on the planet. I'm certain of it. But it's not, he doesn't get it. And he's not right. a mother. And so. And there's no way for him to fully get it. Literally yeah. none. Yeah. So I, it was so nice to, to know that. So yeah. I absolutely 100% understand where you're coming from. And now I try as a mom to be like, listen, you're not alone. Talk to me if you need to, especially with women who's experienced miscarriage loss. Talk to me. Like you can talk to me. I'll, I'll talk to you about it. Is it hard for me to? Yeah, but we have to talk about it. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to... And honestly, like, that right up. there is the beauty <laughs> of social media. Like, there is a negative side to social... There's negative if side If I wouldn't everything. have had yep. that, I'd, Lord, I don't know. Right. Like, there's always a negative side to social media and anything, really. But, like, the beauty of social media is the connections that you can make and the things that you can relate to and everything because like before social media like we had no way to do that i had my circle and that was all i had but now that we have instagram (laughs) but like now that instagram is a thing like i mean thousands of people you can instantly follow thousands of people that are just like you and like have people there to reach out to and talk to and there are so many like kind souls just as many bad souls but kind soul, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you just have to find your niche in social media and then it's, you got to find your people. Place. Yeah. 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 Because really honestly, be. I mean, even with the four of us, yeah, I'm a straight woman. You are not, <laughs> I can't get that with you, but you can get that with your social media. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can empathize with you and try and understand everything that you're going through, but I can't, like we said with, yeah. with Marty, like he can't right he can try and he can do his best but he can't Mm -hmm. so you're absolutely right like even people who are as similar as us we can find our little niche niche yeah niche 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 like niche Hmm. it just sounds fancier you have to say it with your pinky also we all 
brought our pinkies out. I did not say <laughs> it. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. All right, so probably pinkies. start moving on to Elm. Should this be like a separate like social extravaganza episode? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I thought oh, that's really no awesome. good old old limp brought this out. Ayo, and now I get to talk about boring things like wands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Katie. So what's her wand like? Um. Okay. So another wood I thought would be good for her is elm. So that is Ollivander says that it is. Well, it also says that it's. He's seen it's perfect match for Muggleborns too, but that's like totally the opposite of what she is. But um, it can perform elegant charms and spells, which again, like I said, I can kind of like see her mm. doing I that. See, I like, don't know why. Ribbon, yeah, like I just the see her coming out is like elegant. And again, maybe that's because she's trying to be more feminine or more. I don't, you know, I don't yeah, know. It's maybe, maybe her like trying to her instill front. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another wand I picked was, or wood I picked was Hawthorne. Um, that one's good for healing, but also adept at curses. Whose so wand is Hawthorne? Um, Malfoy. Sh- yeah, Malfoy. Malfoy. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Malfoy. <laughs> 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 oh, what I liked about this one is, so Hawthorne seems to be most at home with a conflicted nature or mm. with a witch or wizard, witch or wizard passing through a period of turmoil. Also perfectly matches Malfoy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I like that because, as we said, she struggles with stuff, something that we can all see ourselves in. Her identity. Yes. But she does overcome it, so maybe she has to be paired with that to overcome it. Oh my god, how many did you pick? There's two more. (laughs) There's a Willow. Willow! Willow! Um, This has some insecurity so again i liked that as well Mm. so i i have noted that the ideal owner for a willow wand often has some usually unwarranted insecurity however well they may try and hide it so literally she does try to hide the fact that she's half giantess Uh, i thought you were gonna say something sorry and then last was red oak um the true match for red oak wand is possessed of Unusually fast reactions, making it a perfect mm. dueling wand. As Meg said, she we do know that she is good at dueling. And I did sneak a little peek into a further part of the dock, and Hagrid does explain that, like at one point in time, while they're out in her in their travels, she performs magic like faster than he's ever seen. Like it was just so quick. So I don't know. I thought that that kind of went along with her. Mm. And then as far as core goes, I picked dragon. So I'm just gonna read that because it's short. Um, as a rule, dragon heartstrings produce wands with the most power and which are capable of the most flamboyant spells. Again, I kind of took her elegancy from that. They tend to learn more quickly than other types. While they can change allegiance if one from their original master, they always bond strongly with the current owner. The dragon wand tends to be easiest to turn to the dark arts, though it will not incline that way of its own accord. It is the most prone of the three cores to accidents, being somewhat temperamental. She does have a little bit of a temper on her, I think. I would agree. I, th- I think I like Willow yes. paired with Dragon Heartstring because Willow talked about her, um, oh shoot, what does it say? Insecurities. Yeah, she's insecure with like her identity, but mm-hmm. then the Dragon Heartstring would be her temperament, you know? Yes. Because like, like that. I was thinking, oh, Red Oak sounds really good, but I think that Red Oak with Dragon Heartstring might be like too, too much. much of that. Yeah. Um. So that's why I'm gonna like balance it Willow with dragon heartstring yeah i like willow or hawthorn with dragon heartstring which i think hawthorn with dragon heartstring would be exactly what 
Draco is, right? It would be. Yeah. And honestly, th- yeah, they are pretty similar characters, just in like two very different situations. Yeah. As far as their conflictions go. Yeah. 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 I would agree. I hear you. Um, okay, let me collect my thoughts. So we're going to go through the Hogwarts houses and potential, well, what potential Hogwarts house or Ilbo Morning House a limp would be in. Um, we have to use a lot of assumptions with little that we know, but there's some interactions with Hogwarts and the gi- the giant saga that gives us a few clues of who Olymp is and maybe what perhaps she values. Um, so I thought with Gryffindor, she has a strong moral compass, mm. uh, particularly um, with Harry being the fourth champion, whether it was right or wrong, she was... It's it was unjust. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, she's a very bold character and not afraid to stick up for what she thinks is right, and that I feel very like a, a strong Gryffindor trait there as well. Um, and she tends to be quite adventurous, so she embarks on the task um, of trying to sway the giants to the to the light side, and. <laughs> Without little protest, so she's um, quite quick to go on to that advent- adventure. Um, we obviously don't hear that conversation with uh, with uh, Hagrid, but it seems very glossed over and that it went okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Katie. That's also very brave, like to just yeah. I mean, giants I mean, are dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. On top of that, you know that the dark side is also trying to convince the giants to be right. on their side so like yeah. you might and run they into have them cookies. and they do have cookies um so yeah i just think i never realized how very brave that was for her yeah and Hagrid. yeah uh also uh moving on to like hufflepuff she is very loyal honest and wants her students to succeed so she likes to help others with their journey and i think that's very evident when she's um, headmistress, um, you see her consoling um, Fleur when Harry's announces the fourth champion. So she's very hands-on with her students, mm-hmm. tends to um, physically care for them. And she values fairness. <clears throat> she thought it was unjust that there was two Hogwarts students and uh, the other schools only had one. And she also scores Harry very fairly in the task despite that. Oh, so true. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Ravenclaw, what I liked that kind of fits her with Ravenclaw would be um, a bit of originality. So she's had to reinvent herself uh, to deal with whatever um, prejudice she's had thrown at her. So... Megan discussed how she would become a little bit more elegant and wearing the pearls and she shows a bit of style and creativity in her presence. Uh, She loves to dance, so I think that's another thing that was quite creative Um, and you could kind of pigeonhole into that Ravenclaw house. So she is an observer type. She kind of sits back and observes before reacting With reason, there's a few um, occasions that she does uh, react to and we can say that when she's 
when Hagrid uh, is confiding in her about him being a half giant and he assumes that she is too and she gets quite defensive, let's say, and aggressive with the offence. But normally she actually sits back and lets others react first. Um, And I don't think that gets discussed a lot for a Ravenclaw in general. That is typically something that a Ravenclaw can do is sit back, assess the situation before making a judgment. Yeah, um, very much so, yes. <laughs> that describes Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I see this, you see this kind of when Harry is in the room, he's the fourth champion, Karkaroff is going off first and very aggressive about the um, unjust and how he's making some really emotional um, accusations that they've cheated, like Hogwarts has cheated, and she kind of sits back and just pipes in whenever she needs to get her point across. Um, And she's also quite, um, as well as being the observer type, she uses discernment when she's dealing with the giants. So she will hang back, let... Hagrid actually do most of the dealings with the giants, but when it comes to him being in trouble, that's when she steps in and she decides what the right thing would to ah, stuttering Stanley again. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) So she'll um, step in and decide that she needs to use magic now because it's, Harry, uh, Harry's, Hagrid's life in danger. She's also a skillful spellcaster, so you could say that this is aligned to Ravenclaw if she has a value in learning and because you can be a skillful spellcaster in any of the houses, but if she's particularly geared to wanting to learn, um, then, yes, I would say... That could be a Ravenclaw trait. And now for Slytherin, she's quite driven and she had to be to become headmistress, so she's quite ambitious, I suppose. Um, Just depends on where that's geared towards. She's selectively loyal. I don't think she's loyal Mm. to everyone. Yeah, I like that. She's also self-reliant, very resourceful and adaptable. Uh, she does show this in her giant escapades when they're off in the hills and the, the caves. Um, Hagrid's very impressed with how she conducts herself and as elegant as she looks, she's not afraid to get down and dirty. That sounded wrong. understood. <laughs> 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 um, first impressions of a limp when I was reading it as a teenager, I felt she was quite cunning. So initial things with Hagrid, I felt she was kind of just buttering him up and taking advantage of his instant affection for her to get information out of the tasks. It's just kind of how I read it, especially when he was showing her the, um, the first task. She was, I don't know, it could have been me putting my... I also always read it that way. 
personally. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, Hagrid that makes even very defensive of him. Hagrid even says something that himself, like later, because Harry's not supposed to know that he had any sort of conversation with Madame Maxime or something. And then Hagrid's talking like, oh, what does she think? You know, she just wants, basically, she just wants to get information out of me yeah. for the Triwizard Tournament. So I think you're hitting that right on the nose. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's, oh, that's good to know that I'm not the <laughs> thinking that just myself. Um, so I've changed my mind so many times yeah. when I was doing this. And when I knew that I was going to be on uh, this recording, I had th- that was my first thought. What house would she be in? And when I looked a little bit deeper in it, I, I don't think she's a Gryffindor. I think she possesses some of those traits, but I don't mm. particularly think that's what she values. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of what's, what – is hitting strong for me is the fact that she treats Harry with fairness in the tasks mm-hmm, despite yeah. um, despite him being the fourth champion, having yeah. the second. Very unlike so her off. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in that case, like, I really do align her to Hufflepuff and she also likes caring for magical creatures, especially her horses. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that caring nature... I just think of the single malt whiskey. It makes me giggle. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, on that, I forgot to mention that even with the Ravenclaw, a, a kind of negative trait to us Ra- Ravenclaws can be that we are um, a control freak. Yeah. So we feel like we know, not better, but I think we... But we know better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, like, because we value, like, there's a lot to be said about valuing learning and um, and having knowledge, but knowledge is different to wisdom. Mm. And that discernment and I think becomes like a Ravenclaw's baby and they don't want to relinquish much of that to someone else just in case they don't do a, a good enough job because they're a bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Um so I do lean towards Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw, but then again, I just as I was talking about it, Slytherin was now like in there going, "Well, you know, she is kind of resourceful and yeah. <laughs> and adaptable." But if I had, if I if I have to choose, maybe Hufflepuff. That's, that's what my you're gonna pick. Okay. okay. What do you say, yeah. Tiffany? We'll do a round table. I think she's a Slytherin. I'm like stuck between Puff and Slytherin, um, but I, and I don't know if this is just because of like the nature of when we meet her, but I'm leaning towards Slytherin because of her cunning, because I, I feel like, and again, this could just be because it's the Triwizard Tournament, but she definitely has cunning because she is out to get the inside information for her champion, even if Good it's point. against the rules, um, much like Kakarov, but like very different personalities. But I almost feel like Kakarov and Maxime are both Slytherin, but they're the two like opposite ends of the spectrum of Slytherin. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like she is loyal, um, but like you said, she is selectively loyal. She's only loyal to who she wants to be loyal to. Um, whereas 
Kakarov, like he just doesn't really. I don't see him really with much loyalty except to himself. himself. But mm. both of those, I believe, are traits of Slytherin. It's just a matter of like which path you choose as a Slytherin. You know what I mean? So I like I kind of want to grab Maxime into my house because I feel like she's a good version of a Slytherin. Like you can be cunning and like you can have those sides to you while still being driven and resourceful and loyal even if it's selectively loyal it's not just to yourself it is to other people and you choose who those people are you know what I mean and I think that that kind of sticks with me for her but I do really like your argument of Hufflepuff and I agree that she definitely has a lot of Hufflepuff qualities I guess I'm just trying to figure out where I think she values and I want to say Slytherin I think yeah I think I think the argument is between the two houses and Mm -hmm. I as I was talking on this episode I was leaning Slytherin and then it's like Hufflepuff uh that that tournament yeah it's oh it's a hard one and it's weird that it's between those two because like a lot of people view them as very different houses but like when you get down to it honestly all four of the houses are very similar it's just a matter of like what you focus on the most Mm. because like all of them have this all of them have certain qualities that like go to all four houses. It's just a matter of like how you pursue those qualities. You know what I mean? Well, I think like a big thing, like a slight tangent is when people talk about Hermione's second house is Ravenclaw. I, there's a lot of people that could probably defend really her second house could be Slytherin. Yeah. You know, she's very cunning. She's very driven. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She's able to look at the things that she's done that has not been the kindest you know not saying that all Slytherins are mean but like I think to like Dumbledore's army and like that spell she put on the coins yeah (laughs) putting a human being in a jar like that's a pretty Slytherin (laughs) thing to do you know to be like I'm gonna make sure that me and my people are taken care of and you can't say anything selectively loyal group yes so I think she could very much be also put into Slytherin and I think two people forget Gryffindor and Slytherin are pretty darn similar to begin with yes so Katie, who do you think? Or not who? What? <laughs> Literally, like, you guys took the words out of my mouth. I was fighting between Slytherin and Hufflepuff, but I'm going to settle on Slytherin because of the selective loyalty. Like, I think Slytherins can be incredibly loyal, but they're just, they choose Depends more on so. Who, yeah. Of, yeah. They choose more more selectively of exactly who they're going to be like, yeah, we're sticking together. Yeah. You know? Like, if you think of Pansy, she was loyal to herself in the end where she's like I mean he's right there go get him talking about Harry where like she right. wanted to save her own neck yeah. before like anybody else's you know that's a Karkaroff kind of Slytherin she's, she is awful I keep wanting to call people like trash or garbage but like it's an insult <laughs> we are to trash us. and garbage I know so. So, like, I it's um, an insult to God, us God every time <laughs> I come it is every time I come to like <laughs> that part in seven she's like he's right there it's like really but at the First same of all, time, shut your mouth, get out of Hogwarts, and we'll see you never. You can live <laughs> in a different place. I gotta get <laughs> back to Hogwarts. God. I mean, a part of me doesn't blame her. She's probably just terrified, and she's, what, a 17, 18-year-old kid? Guess how much I care. I mean, I'm just... Did little perspective, but I agree she, that's a pretty not nice. But here's thing to the do. thing: like, not everybody's you're gonna go to school war. with this yeah. kid who saved your stinking butt year after year after year. But she only knows him as the guy that like basically has taken all the glory and stuff from Draco. Guess how much I care. 
I mean, I agree with you. I'm just she could have just went. She could just went with all the other little Slytherins right out the door. I understand where she was coming from. Don't let it hit you on the way out. Bye. And not everybody is cut out for war. Yeah, not no, everybody's not. cut out to be in the armed forces. Not I mean, everybody, you know what I mean? And like, it's every it's crazy, choice. right? But it's crazy to think that those 17, 18, even what did they allowed 16 and up or something? 16, Six, 17, 18 year olds. No, they only allowed only seven. 17. Okay. Those kids were just like, thrust. are you talking about the Hogwarts war? Yeah. But I mean, the how Hogwarts many people that weren't there? Right. I know. I know, yeah, a lot That's of people That's like people stayed, lying but... back in the day oh, yeah, to, heck yeah. to be like in the military. Dressing you know? as men. Yeah. Women dressing as men to fight. Women dressing as men, people that were not 18 years old signing up and lying about it, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because they wanted to fight and they wanted to do something so bad. It's a so big, bad. big thing with the Civil War. Yeah. Um, and even like what what monument did we were looking at? And there were a bunch of young, young kids because they were, I mean, they were like 18, 19, 20 years old, but I don't know. What monument it's very sad. Like all of Gettysburg. Gee, many Christmas. Um, but anyway. But she didn't have to say that. I mean, that's my beef Sure. With her. Agreed. Like, you could have left. Kudos. Bye. Like, but you don't have to be like, mm. Maybe she was hoping school was going to be finished. But if you think about they had, like, it, like. Two months left, realistically, because they end, like, the end of June. If you think about it, though, like. She <gasps> is on, being selectively loyal to her people, right? I mean, she's like, wait, if we turn him in, my people are safe. Yeah, and and that's what she's thinking. Yeah, herself and my people. <clears throat> I'm just saying, no, I, agree I with get you. it. I agree. Sure you do. I Let's... would not have given Harry up, but I also wouldn't have stayed. You're such a snake. So um, I wouldn't have been there because I'm an American citizen and he's also like... <laughs> However many years older than I am. What happened 11? to the Caros? He's They're... 11 years older than I am. What happened to the Caros? What happened to the Caros? I would not have fought. That's what I'm saying. That's fine. They are... They. I wonder who found them in Ravenclaw Tower. Who? The Caros. Uh, do we know? Oh, yeah. Oh, because they were stuck They there. were knocked the... I was going to say out. something. They were knocked out. <laughs> K-O. So the so war's over. Voldemort's dead. Say they wake up. Mm. <laughs> Sucks to suck. I mean, you're going to Azkaban. I was going to say, that's a one-way <laughs> ticket to Azkaban. You are banned to Azkaban. But honestly, um, I going back that to myself, I would think Slytherin after listening to all y'all fools talk. Cool. So I was like, I don't know. I could kind of see her being a Ravenclaw because she is intelligent that's what I thought first and like too. creative and... It's never. It's never your first thought. No, you know what I mean. My first thought was she ain't coming to Hogwarts. I can't stand you. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. I always was gonna say Slytherin. So we know. No, you weren't. I feel like I. I feel like there was enough argument to consider Ravenclaw, um, but there's a lot of assumption. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Too true. And if we knew more about her, maybe our ideas would completely change. Who knows? This is just based on what we know. Cool. Tiffany, would you like to tell your part? Hold on. What about Ilvermorny? Oh, I forgot about Ilvermorny. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people do. I was going to be like, Tam. uh I was going to be like, doesn't everybody forget about (laughs) Ilvermorny? I believe Australia has... 
uh, a school as well that the New Zealanders can go to as well. So, do you think you would go there, or would you go to Hogwarts? Would you be like, oh, I totally go to Hogwarts. Yeah, you would. Get back to Hogwarts. I wouldn't be at home morning either. Get back to school. I, I just feel, uh, again, like I'm a little bit, bit little. I like my traditions, and um, it just depends. I. I sometimes relate to being an Australian and I sometimes don't. And I think that's... I feel <laughs> I that. think that's also... Do you relate to being Australian? No, I can relate to not feeling like an American and wanting to be another uh, place with a cute little accent. So see, maybe Australian. See, I've always dreamed of being American, just not in America. <laughs> it's like, can I just buy an island and just go there with my family? That would be great. Like... No Australia's hurricanes, gorgeous. <laughs> no Australia's gorgeous. I love it here. Um, yeah. But you have a lot of um, deadly animals. And yeah, and I don't know and how things. you like walk outside. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, Let tell me tell me. you. You tell me. Like, we do have deadly animals, but in suburbia, not so much. Yeah. Um, my suburb actually has two dangerous snakes but I've never seen one in the last year and a half that we've lived here. That's too short of a time, um, Sam. <laughs> yeah. I don't go on hikes. Like I will not, I, I'm not going to hike. I really would like to, cause I like being like outdoors, but I ain't going I, on a hike. I will say this about snakes. The last time I saw, the last time I saw a snake in the wild was this past summer, but in, that was not in my state. How big the last, was it? Oh, it was a little little snake swimming along. We were um, when we were floating in Missouri. <gasps> it get, was swimming next to you. Get over yeah, it. I'm, oh, sure, no, I'm sure there were more no. things in that river as well. But the last time I saw a snake, I know there were in my own vicinity of life, like in Ohio, in like the northeast of Ohio, um, I would say was ten years ago. Because oh, maybe a little. No, she might have been like seven. So it might have been like nine years ago. There was and there was a little garter snake, snakes. and my cousin was freaking out. There's a snake, and I wasn't listening to her. I was like, "B Bob's shorts." There's a snake, and I turned around. Oh, there was a snake. I was like, "Let's go inside." It was a little garden snake. It wasn't going to do anything to us. There but. were just two Regina snakes Kelly, behind I will my never parents' float bridge. Down the river with you. No one heard me. You What'd should. You say? It's a lot of fun. Don't put your feet in there. My dad had got tongs because there were two gardener snakes that came into their house. So they were behind their fridge. No. And the one right? tried to bite my dad. It's like this long. He's like. One snake did bite my father once. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen a snake in the wild like once, and it was in Florida, and it was way too big. Oh no! The both well, the one like in the river was I think a little. I only really saw like the movement of it swimming. Yeah, there's also like fish in there because it's a river. I legitimately, you know, legitimately think that the snake I saw was probably five feet long. Oh no no no! And then the other one was like. I was waiting for, sorry, side story. You guys are going to hear it. Uh, today for him. I was waiting for my, I was, so this is when I worked at Disney the first time before, like Katie didn't live down in Florida. She was up in Ohio and I was down for the semester waiting for my bus at the bus stop. And it sounded like somebody above me. So I was sitting in a bus stop and there was like um, awning over me. It sounded like somebody took a bucket of water and splashed it down the side of the awning. That's what it sounded like. Well, um, yeah, that was a snake that had been in the tree that crawled. Well, I don't know. It doesn't crawl. What does it do? It slithered out of the tree onto the awning and slid down right behind me. I didn't see it happen. 
but I pieced it together. So I heard it, and then everybody was like, "Oh, look, a snake!" And I stood up and looked. It was slithering away. Did it was you one of those like start black screaming. Oh my god! I screamed. There was a bus there. I didn't even know where it was going, but I got on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I waited for my bus at the next bus stop. I just got on it and got off the next stop. And I was like, I'll wait for my bus here. I'm not going back. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about over morning houses and which one we think that she would be in. Nothing with snakes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I tangent. Horn serpent. And I was one. pretty brief. <laughs> I was pretty brief on, on this one. I couldn't choose. Like, I, I really didn't think she was horned serpent or, um, la, la, la. what's the other one? Um, Wampus. I didn't find her like a warrior, yeah. um, or a scholar type. Um, yeah, so I was tough. leaning towards, towards the choice of Pukwudgie and Thunderbird. Can you remind me and what the those reason- are? Cause I don't have my things. Sorry. I just want to know. I don't remember what they are. Like, cause you know how you said like Wampus is warrior, right? And then Horn Serpent, Serpent is, is of the mind. Of the mind. And of then the, the mind, yeah. Heart and Pugwaji's the heart, right? Pugwaji's the heart and Thunderbird uh, Thunderbird's the soul. I didn't want. I didn't want to be like. And the other one's soul, right? Because it's like, I don't know. It sounds like a. Corny oh song. man. I think, she, I think she would be Thunderbird. I don't know. Soul over hmm. heart. I would say heart. I, I think know. it's a good argument for both because she does care for her uh, horses and her students. So maybe for healing, I don't know. Um. <laughs> what did she say? You know the song like, beer for my horses? How does that go? Yeah. Malt whiskey for my horses. <laughs> Single malt. Like, beer for my horses. Is that really how that tune goes? Thank you, Toby. But yeah, it's a Toby. But I, I said a Toby Maguire song. Nope. Spider Man. <laughs> Toby Maguire? <laughs> it's a Spider Man. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it? How would it come in handy? Maybe you have an upcoming international trip. Maybe you want to connect with family and friends. Learn about a new culture. Want to understand certain pop culture things? Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention, and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline, and it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. 
That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. If you're a muggle like me and you don't have Molly Weasley cooking for you every day, then you need to listen to this. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Let me tell you guys, they are absolutely delicious. I have not met a factor meal yet that I didn't like. And my favorite is the jalapeno grilled chicken, cheddar cheese. Oh, it's so good. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for, guys? Two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. Done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Flexible for your schedule? Get as much or as little as you need by choosing from 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or you can reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, no cleanup, all of that. Head to factormeals.com slash flick50 and use code flick50 to get 50% off. That's code flick50 at factormeals.com slash flick50 to get 50% off. Sorry, sorry, Tammy can go on. God. Oh, Tammy, no, no worries. That's fine. You picked a really good one to be on, didn't you? <laughs> uh, I would lean to Th- Thunderbird. She likes the adventure, and she. I feel like she's a free spirit. Mm. And, yeah, that's kind of what my thoughts were. I could see that. I could see that for sure. Awesome. I'm with it. Yep. I just want to say that I'm going back, and I think I'm a Thunderbird. Yeah, because that's what you were sorted into. <laughs> You're not a Wampus because you tried to get into Wampus. What is Wampus again? Warrior. A, 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 a cat. She oh, wanted I know that. That's a cat. I know, I know that's no, 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 no. To Meg, that's what it is. It's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's an I, I'm a Wampus, and I don't remember. I don't know. Am it's I a warrior? warrior. I, I actually a warrior. I also wanted it because I like the warriors, and I was like, oh, a warrior cat. That's perfect. That's me. 
she just ditched me in Thunderbird. With uh, me. I was like, I mean, but y'all should be in the same house anyway. Realistically, I'm a Thunderbird, but all right. <sighs> I'm a horned serpent. Yeah, I am pulling a Megan from Puffs. You are correct. I'm into books now. <laughs> I'm into books now. <laughs> I can't handle you. This is just like the other day when you were like, oh, I guess I am a horse because I got like five horses. So that's my Patronus now. It's not a fox. <laughs> She's just coming into Didn't her someone make you a painting of a fox? Patronus? She gave me a horse and then sent me. It was Lexi. Shout out to that's Lexi. That's how Thank stinking you. extra you are. Someone hand makes something and you're like, no, fox. But then she sent me a fox. I know. That's why I was like, you're extra. <laughs> what does the fox say? Well, we say that because Alana will be like, what does the horsey say? And she'll do it. Um, like, what does the dog say? What does the cat say? She says a lot of animals. It's very funny. I'm not sure if she's ever heard that song, though. She would like she it, probably. To. She probably would. Yeah. I know we've all jokingly video. said, what does the no. fox say? And then we all jokingly go, ring-a-ding-ding. She doesn't Hello. need to watch no, things. No screen time. <sighs> Anyways, only get more girls. You want to read your part? Yeah, do you guys want to talk about her role in the Wizarding War? I no. do. Part yeah. de? Okay. Yes! So I've got a lot um, directly from the conversation with Haggard. Because I feel like I don't want to cut that up and just put it into my own words. I feel like he tells such a great story, so are I want to give it justice. Are you going to read it like him? Teller. No. Come on. Gosh, no. Katie's the only one that acknowledged me, so you know what? I'm Storyteller? Done. I'm, done. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> storm off. You fiery little redhead. And I'll knock things over. All right. Bye. Weasley. All right. So, during the summer of 1995, Rubius Hagrid and Madame Maxime visit the Giants as envoys for Albus Dumbledore. We know this. Hagrid describes um, her spell work as brilliant. Um, she's separated from Hagrid during their return journey, separated or left of her own uh, choices. She left. Yeah. Um, however... Um, Hagrid was like, okay, cool, bye, because I'm not abandoning my half-brother. Grop. So, you know, I don't blame her for, for bouncing. So, let's... She let's boba bounced. Okay. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> let's just hear from Hagrid, because I really like this um, this tale, especially the, the things he says about her. You can tell that he really admires her. So... It says, well, we set off right after term ended. Madame Maxime went with you then? Hermione interjected. Yeah, that's right, said Hagrid. And softened, and a softened expression appeared on the few inches of face that were not obscured by beard or green steak. You don't remember. He is beat to heck um, from his adventure and then from his half-brother. So he's got a dragon steak on his face. What a waste of good meat. I don't think you can eat it. It's poisonous. Oh. Um, so he said, yeah, it's just the pair of us. And I'll tell you, she's not afraid of roughing it a limp. Yeah, I know she's fine, well-dressed woman and knowing where we was going. I was wondering how she'd feel about clambering over boulders and sleeping in caves and that. But she never complained once. How romantic to ask that. How do you feel about, you know, climbing over some boulders and some cave nights? She was sleeping? always dressed to the nines and like dresses and stuff like you'd be a little awkward nice. in some heels. You know what I'm saying? 
That's a nice <laughs> boulder. <laughs> she was dressed in Dick Sporting Goods finest apparel. Also see Dick Sporting Goods version of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was pretty intense. It was. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter is sleeping. All right. So, you knew where you were going, Harry asked. You knew where giants were. Well, Dumbledore knew, and he and he told us, said Hagrid. Are they hidden, asked Ron. Is it a secret where they are? Not really, said Hagrid, shaking his shaggy head. It's just most withers, wizards aren't bothered where they are, as long as they're a good long way away. But where they are is very difficult difficult to get to, for humans anyway. So we needed Dumbledore's instructions. And it took us about a month to get there. So they're like, you couldn't use magic to get there. And of course, Ron is the one that's like completely thunderstruck by this. Because magic is life. Right? He can't even fathom like peeling some <laughs> potatoes without using some magic. Because I was just reading in 6, they're like peeling like turnips for a Christmas dinner. And he's, like, talking to Fred and George, like, you could do this in, like, two seconds, and I wouldn't have to do this. And he, like, cuts himself, and he swears. Or, no, he flips him off. <laughs> he, f- he flips a lot of people off in six. I don't know. I didn't remember that. I'm and, telling you. And I love that book. Molly rolls in, and she's like, if, you, if I see you doing that to, again, I'm going to jinx your fingers together. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a mom thing to say. I loved it. I loved it. Because I don't remember, because... Uh, Joe always says like a rude hand gesture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, he's flipping people off. It's great. Anyways. Um, so they couldn't use magic to get there. So they had to act like muggles the whole way. And Hagrid's like, well, not exactly. We just had to be careful because Olymp and me, we stick out a bit. And then Ron stifled a noise somewhere between a snort and a sniff. And then he like took a quick gulp of tea. I'm sure he's like, oh, you don't th- say you're giants. Literally. So, <laughs> so we're not hard to find. We were pretending we were going on holiday together. Good story. So they got into France and they act like they were heading for where Beaubaton's was. Um, Cause they knew that they were being tailed by someone from the ministry. And so they had to go slow. Um, Cause Hagrid is still not u- supposed to use magic. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Isn't he cleared? Mm-hmm. He's magic. So they didn't want to get caught because the ministry would be looking for a reason to turn them in. But they managed to give them a slip around a city where Hagrid calls it Dijon. Yeah, it's probably Dijon. <laughs> it is. Because like Hermione is like, oh, I went on holiday there. And then she's like, oh, that's not the point. <laughs> All right. So um, they get to the giants, right? And they come with gifts because you have to give gifts to the Gerg, mm-hmm. which is the leader of the, the giants. So um, he holds out a roll of dragon skin and he said a gift for the Gerg of the giants. And the next thing he knew that he was like hanging upside down in the air. Um, and because two of the other giants that were with the Gerg grabbed him up. And so Hermione's like, oh, my gosh. But Madame Maxime did a little bit of fast magic and um, she hit them in the eyes with the conjunctivitis curse and they dropped him right away. So that's what we were talking about earlier with her like fast and fierce spell work. 
Do you think he was just saying that because he's like impressed with her? Or is it truly the fastest wand work he's ever seen? It's not his first time seeing magic. You know what I'm I saying? I know, but like... And he's you been know around, how you talk up people that you like, really like. But he's been around Dumbledore for a very long time. He's been around McGonagall and Flitwick. Does he have a crush Snape. on either one of these people? No, but I'm saying like no, you're kind of <laughs> blinded by your love for people. No, but he admires you know? these people so much. She's when not getting he, it. I am getting it. I am getting it. But when you when when he was chosen to be a professor by Dumbledore, like he was so floored by that. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I think that she's fine. I'm not saying like she's not a skilled wizard or yeah. But do you think the way he's he talking I'm thinking about it is like, a is he talking it up yeah. because he has a crush on her. Yeah. I know that I've talked up humans that I've in- I must have enjoyed. That's the wrong way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> you are a human I enjoy. You know. <laughs> is this recording? Oh yeah. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> you know, like you talk them up and you're like, they're so this, this and this and even make excuses for them. But I just am wondering if that's something that he would do. He's like, it's the fastest. Like, I'm so in awe of like how quick she was. No, was I, get, I get that. It's Yeah, I think it's a combination. I'm sure it really was good spell work. But maybe, maybe he's been. just a little bit like, you know, what Best is the I've word? Bias. Yeah, a little bias. Yeah. Anywho. So. They're in trouble then because they use magic against giants and they hate that because, you know, they're now in the mountains by themselves because of wizards and magic. Um, So there was no way they were going to be able to, like, march right back up there again. So Dumbledore told them not to mess with Voldemort's Death Eaters if they saw them coming around. And um, they knew that they were around because Golgamath, the second Gurg, after, you know, they killed the first one that they met, took over. So there was a night when the giants were sleeping and they were like up in the cave. So McNair comes with somebody else and they were looking for them. Huh? Who? Who? McNair. Who? Who? I do have a question. Do you think McNair is also the ministry employee? Because he does. We do know that they employ him to do execution. So, like, was he kind of, I almost said not, um, the ministry doing double duty. Tailing them plus. Yes. So he's, like, working under the guise of being in the ministry, tailing them, but also, like, sending information back to the Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. So, Basically, what I'm getting to with Maxime here is that they're hiding out in the caves, and he says, I was hard to put a stop to a limp jumping out at them. Um, she was raring to attack them. She's something when she's roused, a limp, fiery, you know. I suspect it's the French in her. <laughs> Weird. It's good to know she has that fire, though, that she's, yeah. you know, mm. that really goes to what Tam brought out, that she really does stand up for what, for what she believes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, Oh, I already. That I think double it solidifies post. her Slytherin status. Okay. I mean that too. Like you said, Gryffindor and Slytherins are very similar. But yeah, so then on their way back, they get separated, and um, it's mainly because I just don't think she can hang with Grop anymore, and I don't blame yeah. her. And it's like because he was probably beating the tar out of the both of them, you know. And they're yeah. trying to be sneaky, and they can only travel at night. And, and it's realistically, it wasn't smart of him to bring him along. Hagrid Correct. has a one-track mind. Yes. So 
but the good thing about that is that it's always from a place of goodness. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's yeah. a big heart. He would be a puckwudgie. But I mean, all in all, <laughs> their plan massively failed. Sadly, because when yeah. the giants showed up at the Battle of Hogwarts, they were completely with Voldemort. Yeah. Grop wasn't, though. Nope. I mean, and you know what people always Voldemort forget? Voldemort still died. Buckbeak fought in the battle, too. And yeah. I always Ooh. forget that, that that happens. So shout out to Buckbeak. Yes. I think a lot of people forget about Creature. A lot yeah. of people forget about Creature. A lot of people forget about all the yeah. little house elves with their knives and cleavers. Well, think about all the things that aren't in the movie. Right. Everything. Like I honestly forgot well, like, about all of them fighting like the um, giants and stuff, and then they're in the movie. Like you see them. Yeah. yeah. But it's I haven't just seen so the movie fast, in so long. Though, like yeah. everything, like with the battle. It's just like snippets here, snippets there, and it's just like so. And then, if, and then it's snippets then of Voldemort everywhere. And then I like yep, get literally. real close, and I grab your face, and we fall down this thing, and then I let's awkwardly hug together, some people. Tom. God, it's so freaking stupid. Yeah, get out of here. Okay, so I, let's I'm let's sorry, talk about Hagrid. Such a bad portrayal. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's not good. So many oh, other things. Oh, also, been done this is what I remember. I didn't get. I didn't pr- I didn't say it the way I wanted to say it. So when we were talking about how he said calmly mm. in the whole movie thing, mm. I think that they had him do it like that be- for people that didn't read the books and really to grasp how serious the situation was. I know people are still going to be like, I don't care. It's wrong. That's just I'm like, that's probably why that, you know, like the whole reason that Hermione wore the pink dress instead of the periwinkle blue is because it looked better on her skin tone. A B it also stood out against Zebo Baton um, uniforms. And that's why they choose that. Films. Mm. Yes. I like the pink dress. Yeah, I think it looks beautiful on her. Well, yeah, it did. I it's would personally look better in the blue dress, but I'm not Hermione, so. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about Haggard and Madame Maxime. Boop, 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 boop. Tell me a love story. So um, <laughs> on Pottermore, they actually have an article, and it says why we wished we'd seen more of Haggard and Madame Maxime. So we were rooting for them to live. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you, Tiffany. (laughs) We were rooting for them to live happily ever after. But alas, it never happened. What did she say? Be quiet, Tiffany. (laughs) And then she was, then she's literally yelling at them. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Tiffany's man. What is that from? um, Next top model. Yep. Oh, America's next top model. (laughs) Um, So Hagrid was such. Yes. So Hagrid was such a gem to everyone around him, a fierce defender of the underdog, and as it happens, a rather fun teacher. I think some people will disagree with that, but that's okay. I love him. He always put others before himself, but we never got much of a glimpse into Hagrid's own personal life. That was until a certain Bobaton's headmistress visited Hogwarts. And so it says, this is from Goblet of Fire, this is still from the article. They couldn't hear what Hagrid was saying, but he was talking to Amanda Maxine with a rat, misty-eyed expression. Harry had only ever seen him wear once before when he had been looking at the baby dragon Norbert. <laughs> <gasps> this makes me think of Newt and Tina and Salamanders. Oh was my so God. That literally makes me cry every time I watch it. <laughs> That's Salamander. a great scene. Yeah. Um, so I'm Hagrid, not supposed to say. I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> it's so cute. Hagrid almost immediately hit it off with Madame Maxime, a woman after his own heart and nearly his equal in size anyway, thanks to Mad- Maxime's half-giant heritage. Uh, to make a good impression, he even slapped on a bit of eau de cologne 
and a pretty unpleasant artichoke-like lapel flower, much to Harry, Ron, and Hermione's amusement. Artichoke. <laughs> Bless Hagrid's heart. He had even had the idea to take Madame Maxime to visit the dragons um, taking part in the Triwizard Tournament. Then the pair had a little waltz during the Yule Ball and were frankly adorable. It looked like their relationship was really going somewhere. Unfortunately, things started to go a bit pear-shaped. That's such an English saying, because we don't ever sell it. Um, when Hagrid, albeit well-intentioned, offered Maxime, um, offended Maxime by acknowledging her half-giant status. And then, you know, we all know she got very offended. She's like, how dare you? I just have big bones. I've never been more insulted in my life. But she says all of these things in her French accent. Because she is France. And that is France, but it's from there. She is French. She is French. In the end, they made up and even embarked on a trip to the giant colonies to try to prevent them from siding with Voldemort. But fate pushed the pair apart once more when Hagrid vowed to take Grot back with him and Maxime her- returned home alone. Not like the movie, though. Just she went back by herself. Oh, After that, we what? never saw the pair again. But given that Hagrid stopped referring to her, we can assume their relationship didn't continue. What was so incredibly sweet about Maxime and Hagrid's flirtation was that it was among the happiest we'd ever seen Hagrid. He was generally an upbeat guy, but faced with a potential relationship with just how close the pair seemed, it wouldn't have been a surprise to hear wedding bells. Hagrid was a new kind of bashful and giddy. And then there's another um, thing from the book. And it's like, um, he's talking. Hold on, I have to read this. This is from Order of the Phoenix. He's like, yeah, that's right, said Hagrid, and a softened expression appeared on the few inches of face that were not obscured by beard or green steak. Yeah, it was just the pair of us, and I'll tell you this. She's not afraid of roughing it. Olympi, you know, she's a fine, well-dressed woman. And uh, and knowing where she we was going, I wondered how she'd feel about, all, you know, climbing over the boulders and such things. And she never complained once. Can which I is, ask a question? Yeah. So after they go and visit the dragons, do you think, like, before that, that was all, like, a ploy to, like, ooh, I'll schmooze him up, I'll find out about whatever. Hmm. But then that night, maybe her mind started to be like, ooh, I think I kind of like him. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Sounds um, a especially because Slytherin to me. Yeah. She tries to get back in his good graces between the she does. Offend- she offendedness. She does start to care. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, she wouldn't have not have gone on a giant mission. Yeah, to find just giants. anyone. <laughs> so what was so lovely with Maxime and Hagrid was that we got to see Hagrid tried to be an old school gent, pulling out his ratty suit. Yep, the brown hairy one to impress his new sweetheart was another touching example of Hagrid's enormous heart. His shambolic approach to romance was so characteristically him; it only made us love him more. And then from Goblet of Fire says Harry w- Hagrid, not Harry. Haggard was sitting at one of the other staff tables. He was back in his horrible hairy brown suit and gazing up at the top table. Harry saw him give a small smile and looking around saw Madame Maxime return at her opals glittering in the candlelight. So Haggard's burgeoning romance also led him to do something we had never seen before, discuss his childhood. And I talked about this too. Obviously my notes are like very similar to this article because we don't have a ton. Um, That you see him opening up like we've never heard him and he's super close with Harry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's discussing his childhood with this woman that he's only known for a couple of months. What? Like a month, two months, maybe? No, did they li- arrive right before September. Halloween? Yeah, September. Yeah. Uh, at Halloween, right? 
think it was, I, on, it was, I think it was on Halloween. I think it was Halloween. It was either... It, I, I know the feast was. It might have just been, like, right before. Um, yeah, so he's right. only known her, may, what, two months? Um, two months. And so typically Harry and Ron eavesdropped on his conversation inadvertently this time, as did Rita Skeeter, boo, hiss, ugh. That's in the article, oh. not the ugh part, but the, the boo, boo, hiss. But Hagrid believed that he was spilling his guts to just Madame Maxime. It was a sign of how smitten he was that he was willing to talk to her quite intimately about his personal life. Um, and that's, like, hard to do, you know? Especially, he must have really felt some type of way about her in a good way to be able to discuss his whole upbringing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do. And so we learned how he was abandoned by his mother at a young age and how she was one of the last remaining giants in Britain, as well as the surprising news, well, at least to Ron, that Hagrid was half-giant. Um, and it was a sweet build-up to his reference to Madame Maxine's giant origins, and it was sad that she took it the wrong way, although Hagrid wasn't wrong. She was a half-giantess. Um, and, you know, she did. She was, like, freaking out. She um, <laughs> was freaking out. She was. And so then, like, that <laughs> led him to be... Well, and then that whole article came out, so it was like a punch to the gut was her reacting that way. And then another punch to his already, like, hurting life was that article written, and then all these people... Um, luckily, like, there are some people that, like, he should be sacked, but a lot of parents are like, if you fire him, like, I'm pulling my kid, basically, because people love Hagrid because he's genuinely such an amazing guy. Um, so then he... You see him through... Um, you know, the rest of the book where he's just saying, you even try to see, like, later on, um, we see that Maxime tries to talk to him. He's, like, not having any of it. So, like, between then and um, the adventures going off to see the Giants, they must have had a conversation, at least, you know, got things straightened out where they were willing to, he it specifically was willing to spend time, like, with her like that. Um and so the rest of the article says Hagrid deserved personal happiness because all of his kindly acts were predominantly in service of other people or animals, which is so true. Um, it was high time he found some joy of his own and more or less found that in Madame Maxime, who, despite their class differences, thought him as sweet as Harry, Ron, and Hermione did. Um, and then, if you don't know, no, you're going to know that at Carnegie Hall in 2007, J.K. Rowling later confirmed that Hagrid did not marry... Um, because with the giants killing each other off, the number of giantesses around were in... I don't know if I can say that word. Infantismal? I don't know. Yeah, Infantismally? Right. Yeah. Oh. And he met one of the um, only ones. I'm afraid she said she thought he was kind of cute, but she was a little more, how should I put it, sophisticated than Hagrid. So no, bless him. Um, which I think is kind of like... I don't know. I don't know if I... I mean, I know this is J.K.'s world and, like, she wrote these things, but I don't know if I agree. Like, you were willing to do all of these things with him and you just think he's not good enough for you? He's too good for you, Maxime. Let me ask I something before you move on. Boop. They met on Friday the 30th of October at 6 o'clock. Because that's when they came. But was it actually a Friday? I don't think it was. Whatever. But yes, I this I figured. I'm like, because I remember they had a feast, and then the next day, like, they had the feast of them all coming, and then they had, like, the Hogwarts Hogwarts feast, the Halloween feast, yeah. The Halloween feast was when they drew champs. I I agree with, like, I understand what you're saying about how you don't understand, like, why Maxime would say those things about Hagrid, but at the same time... 
Um, Hold on. October 30th, 1994 was a Sunday. Okay. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying her. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is I I almost feel like this is just proof of how insecure she is mm. with her identity. Mm-hmm. And to that point, I can't More like what are people going to say if things. I like if I give into this? Yeah, I'm giving into this him. because I'm now with another half giant. So like that does that mean that I have to come into my own identity and say this is what I am too because like it's so obvious now at this point well to think like I don't know how their genetics would work but they could possibly have another just giant baby maybe or just a normal size like an I shouldn't say normal average size baby good point that'd be crazy or like what would happen if you're like three-fourths of a giant one-fourth not giant (laughs) yeah I don't know I mean it's interesting but I but like I, I'm upset that that's the outcome. Yeah. But at the same time, I do kind of get why Joe would decide yeah. that. Yeah. My, I mean, not it's all within fairy character. Tales yeah. Fairy tale. And yeah. My my thoughts on her um, life is that she's probably just single. You know, um, I don't know even like, and I can I can I don't want to say I can relate to this because I eventually would like to have like. Get, I don't even know if I'd want to get married. I just want to have kids and stuff, but that's hard to do when you're single. Um, not to say you couldn't do it, but I would think that she's more so married to her work and married to those kids, almost like a mechanical situation, but like um, also different where like maybe she never ex- really experienced love like McGonagall had. Um, but she just was like, you know what? It's just might not be in the cards for me, unfortunately, because she thinks that like, a lot of guys don't want to date someone that's like much taller than them or whatever. And so she's just, or maybe she's just not, doesn't want to, um, and that she's too busy running the school and being a teacher to all of those students. You know what I mean? I think part of this could be as well that, and like we said before, like you can't, you can't be loved by someone until you love yourself. Yeah. And I don't know if she ever really, loves herself and i think that this is i think this is almost proof that she doesn't she never comes to terms with who she is and she doesn't ever love herself for who she is so at the same time like yes she says hagrid's not sophisticated enough for her but in reality i think that it's just that she feels that she maybe doesn't deserve his love because Mm -hmm. she doesn't love herself Mm -hmm. i can see that tam um, I also just thought, logistically, if they were to end up together, she would be still headmistress mm-hmm. in France, and he would want to honour Dumbledore by staying at Hogwarts. Yeah. That's his home. So I think sometimes that's even an issue with the two yeah. of them uniting romantically. You know, neither one of them want to give up their life because they've yeah. both been not not alone but alone and self-reliant for yeah it's like yeah. so long to sacrifice they've got deep roots where they are well and know? i think too a part of like when you're single for so long it's hard to like to say like you're so set in your ways it's hard to bring someone else into that and because no matter what you're everything's going to change so all of your routines and all of the things that you do 
you're going to start having to think like, okay, so now like I have to bring this whole other person and like their thoughts and their ideas into like everyday life. Right. And so even like that makes a bunch of sense to think that like neither one of them would really want to uproot, uh, what they're doing, you know? So that would make having a relationship difficult, especially cause you know, if you're both like, if you're both educators in a school, that's like a boarding school that goes for however many months that is, you really only get to see, cause like you never see any of the teachers like, and granted we're also seeing this from Harry's point of view, but like how often do they, the ones that like have families and stuff, see their families. Like we know that Trelawney lives at the school. We know that Haggard lives at the school. So how often are they going to be able to like go and see them except for like two months out of the year? Not even it's like, they, they're ending school the end of June and they're starting at September 1st. You get, what, two months? Yeah, I think Stop. that that's, like, an interesting situation that we don't really see a good side of to fully understand. Because, like, I would imagine that maybe some, maybe a couple of the teachers live in Hogsmeade and we just don't know. So, yeah. like, they really do get to see their families every day, but we just, like, don't know that side of the yeah. story. And, like... You know, there's apparition and stuff, which is great. So, or like the flu network or something. I'm sure that they could like connect to their office or something. Like, well, I don't even know how often Snape goes home because we only really see his house. I in, doubt he does. In six at uh, Spinner's End, Spider Spinner's. Also, he's a spy. I thought that was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but yeah. like, I think the only reason that he was really there was because he had to have Wormtail with him. And agreed. Um, and it even she even writes the house as being like dusty and dank. I just don't yeah. think he. Yeah, he's. I think he d- he doesn't like that that lonely life as much as he is lonely anyway. Even when he's at Hogwarts, I think it's also he probably super, like as doesn't much, like that place as much as they have convenient ways to get around. It's also still inconvenient. You know what I mean? If they I was, have a room yeah. in it, a womb, if they got a womb, if there's a room for you, where. Snape doesn't seem the kind of guy that needs a lot of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. He probably Agreed. is like, Minimal. I need I'm sure Snape lives at the castle. And a bed, for sure. So I think McGonagall And a picture of Lily. Yeah. Wally. Yeah. Say it right, Tam. Say it right, Tam. There you go. <laughs> um, but I wonder, too, like, if, if Hagrid and Maxime, like, had the conversation while they were, like, on their um, giant adventure that, you know... Would we want to work this out? Would we want to try to do have a relationship? And they both were like, "Well, I want to stay here and I want to stay here." And they're like, "You know, maybe we are just better off as just friends." Yeah. Um. And like, I, I think maybe too, he realized like someone like saying those maybe. things. He's like, she was so offended by being half giant, and I'm half giant. Like, so what is she thinking about me? So maybe right. she's just thinking like, or he's thinking like in the long run, like we're just good as friends. Like I don't want, I wouldn't want to date someone that doesn't love themselves slash doesn't love a part of me, you know? I really need a golden book looking Hagrid and a Limps giant adventure. <laughs> really bad. That'd be mm. cute. Okay. That was a lot of talking. Whew. That was good, good though. Gracious. Great, great balls of fire. Great Who would have thought that we would have lunch. like a long Felix Files on Madame Maxime? I n- right. Mm. Yeah, she's a loaded character. There's also something I forgot to say, and I don't remember what it was. It already slipped my mind, but mm. it was pretty good content. So I'm sorry to your ears, everybody. You don't get to hear it. Yeah, we'll have to hear it later. I want to say how cool it is that 
where like this is what I like about these character analysis because you're like, oh, Madame Maxine, oh, Karkaroff, mm-hmm. like small characters, and then here we are two hours later. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's that just it's a little sad that she um doesn't love herself enough. But I get that whole working and not having a life. That's me currently. I have no life. That is a life. I basically work two full-time jobs and go to school. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you do. want to sleep a lot. <laughs> okay. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Tam Tam, thank you so much yes. for joining us thank again. Thank you. No worries at all. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. like amazing. So yeah. yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Don't um, make me cry now. <laughs> I did. While I was doing my research, I did find a fun little fact that I wanted to share with you guys. This is just about like filming. Um, so Madame Maxime, um, her, the lady who plays her is Frances de la Tour, And she needed a body double because Madame Maxime is supposed to be eight feet tall. So a basketball player by the name of Ian White was her body double like while they were filming because he Whoa. was seven foot one he was seven one so that was like better than how tall she was so he stood in for her um as her body double that's I thought hilarious that was cool. seven feet tall that's yeah. crazy how many how many feet taller is that than you two, two? how many devitos is that almost two, two and an two and an inch two and an inch that's crazy it's almost so, yeah. two DeVitos. I just thought that was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Interesting. Okay. Tim well, Tam, it's been a pleasure. It's been yes. great. I hope everybody likes our crazy conversations that we've had today. And before Tiffany goes and does the thing that she does every episode, I just want you all to remember that you should love yourself. And if someone ever says anything negative about you, just forget them. Because if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So love yourself. It's not, no one's, if no one sees your worth, then they're not worth it to you. Yes. Yep. Agree. (laughs) Lovely episode, ladies. That concludes this week's Felix File. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. Maxime. Holy Maxime. Um, She was, are you hiccuping? Yeah, what's happening over there? There's a cat. I see cat Oh my ears. goodness. We get you all the way from Australia and you get on here and all you have to do is hiccup. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> What's happening? Or do you have hiccups? Apparently if someone says, I'll give you $5 if you don't hiccup again. And it it's me laughing day. and sucking it in. Like I, I laugh silently when I get really like quite giggly and I'm sucking in the air and it sounds like a hiccup. But the cat is, he... Please edit this out if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so um, lovely, very affectionate. Yeah, very affectionate. Teddy does and that to us when we're at home doing this. <laughs> like when we're recording and we're at home, he's Look like at the all cat over. Tail. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. 
Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.